What's up, everybody? My name is Adam, and I'm the host of the You Know Adam Same podcast, the show that is dedicated on bringing on passionate people, learning about their stories, and delivering value to entrepreneurs. So if that's what you're interested in, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe. You know what I'm saying? How's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, sitting across the way, I have Elijah Crispell of Rad Rooster. Yes, sir. How are you doing today? Rad Rooster. I want to get it one of these days. Yep. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So uh, before we get into it, let's hit them with a a little, what is the slogan of Rad Rooster? Rad Rooster is uh, the best shit ever. Yes. Because we believe in it and we want everybody else to also. That's a great slogan. Uh, Of course, you know, it's kind of jarring, especially with the cuss word in there. But tell me a little bit about what it is that you exactly do. Uh, So we compost and make fertilizer for uh, small home and gardens and just the everyday homeowner. Okay. Um, We're a sixth generation family farm and we've been using it our whole life, uh, this kind of fertilizer. And we decided we wanted everybody to get their hands on it. There's got to be a great story in here since you are literally taking a for uh, the feces of yep. the animal yep. and then utilizing as fertilizer. Um, so I wanted to kind of like ask about, you know, where it all began. Where did it kind of like all start? All right. So like I said, we're uh, six generations. So we've been farming um, for most of my life. Mm-hmm. I grew up around it. Uh, my family, we own a chicken farm. We also uh, farm hay and soybeans. Okay. So that's where it started on the family side. Um, A few years back, we all got together and decided we wanted to farm in uh, upstate New York. We were farming hemp for CBD oil. So you're not from Statesboro? Nope. Originally from upstate New York. Um, When my family relocated, we came back down to uh, Reidsville, Georgia. Okay. Um, And then I moved over to Statesboro for school. That's great. That's great. So how long have you been in the Statesboro area? Uh, About four years altogether. Okay. Um, Just recently moved back, so... Hopefully a lot longer. Yeah, absolutely. So you launched the company when? Uh, we launched the company a year and a half ago. year and a half. And how are uh, the sales? Sales at the time are kind of slow. Okay. We're starting off slow. We did a lot of research and development after we launched the company. Mm-hmm. And so it was a uh, hit or miss on our advertising and things like that. Got you. Um, and we're always trying to find new ways to reach new people. Got you. So um, one of our newest things we're doing with the bags, are we're making smaller bags that are uh, resealable. Yeah. So you don't have to have a big bag laying around and just tracking up the place. Got you. Got you. So uh, for just so that we're clear, uh, you are taking maybe I would consider a byproduct of a company that you already have, mm-hmm. uh, and then you're collecting that byproduct and then packaging and selling it under Rad Rooster. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, that's that's amazing. I mean, yeah. I think like byproducts oftentimes get uh, uh, not always looked at because yeah. they're like, oh well, you know, that's something that you th- just throw away. Yeah. You mentioned that the product itself was something that you utilize just normally um, from b- back in the day before Rad Rooster. Is that yeah, correct? That's correct. So okay. we uh, we start with about two tons to the acre is what we use, okay. which is a lot. Two tons to the How much is a ton? 2,000 pounds. That's a lot of poop. Yeah. Okay. a lot. Okay. And uh, we spread it on all of our hay okay. uh, about once a year. Okay. 
And then what what is the result of that? Why why should someone use a I'm assuming that this is bird fertilizer, right? Yep. Okay. So it's it's from chickens. Okay, uh, chickens. And we have certain things we compost it with just to keep the ni- uh, nitrogen and phosphate and everything in the fertilizer longer. Okay. But it's all organically produced and um, currently working on getting the organic tag for it. Got it. But um, so it's bird fertilizer. And the reason why we like it so much and why we think everybody else will is one, it's stronger than any other animal fertilizer out there. So okay. uh, cow, pig, things like that nature, it's a lot stronger, about six times. And when, when you say stronger, like you're talking about like the, the chemicals that are in. Yep, the okay. chemicals that are in it. So your uh, nitrogen, phosphate, and potash are what we look at. Okay. And what it does is with ours, because it's a carbon-based product, mm-hmm. it takes time to break up and break down over um, into the soil and into your plants. Yeah. So you get a very big burst and you notice your plants start to get green right away. Right. About a week From later, the fertilizer. From the fertilizer. Okay. So about a week after you apply it they're green up right away Uh but then it's constantly feeding your plant for three to six months afterwards Uh just as it breaks down into the soil got you now you don't see this with other type of compost um not as much because what they do is as they're composting it they bake it Mm -hmm. um it's the best way to get the smell down also it's the best way to compost what do you mean bake it so a lot of uh larger industrial companies okay will send it through a machine that basically bakes it. It heats it up and causes it to compost faster. Got you. So what we do, um, instead of sacrificing on the product, we sacrifice on the time. Okay. We let the sun dry it out and compost it for us. Uh Uh-huh. We don't compost it quite as long as you would if you were putting it in a baker. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it keeps the smell up on that side a little bit more, Uh but it keeps our product at 100% and always feeding the plant. So, you know, uh, the audience is very, like, diverse, The, the yeah. my listeners. Um, you know, maybe they're not so familiar with, you know, fertilizer just in general. All right. Why, why is it important to fertilize your plants? It's important, one, because your plants take nutrients from the soil. Okay. And because we farm so much, we believe we want the soil and the farms to be as good as when we first got there. Got you. For generations to come, we want the fields to be able to produce at their full year yield and we enjoy doing it so we don't want it to stop yeah so the fertilizer number one replenishes your soil okay takes it back to the standard of where it should be after your plants are there okay number two you have better plants okay brighter more healthy um for us it increased our hay production by i think five bales to the acre Five bales to the acre. Yep. Okay. And uh, our bales are 1,000-pound bales. So okay. about 5,000 pounds an acre is what it increased for our production. That's amazing. Yep. So just by, you know, setting this fertilizer down, you're going to get yield faster. Yep. Uh, you are going to get a he- healthier soil. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's talk about houseplants because th- my thing is I've recently, for whatever reason, started, uh, you know, have, taking an interest in houseplants. Yeah. Do my houseplants also need fertilizer? Yes, 100%. Okay. Um, just one, they look better with it. Okay. A happy, healthy plant is always better. Got you. Um, they won't wilt as often. Mm-hmm. Also, our fertilizer keeps moisture in the soil. Okay. So you won't have to water it as much. You'll notice that staying in the soil a little bit longer. Got it. Got it. So seems like there's a ton of value of util- utilizing uh, chicken 
uh, uh, compost as opposed to any other type. But let's take it uh, a little bit back to, I guess, the beginnings, right? You talked about a little bit about, you know, six generations of farmers. But, you know, tell me about your entrepreneurial journey. All right. So my entrepreneurial journey was um, it started when I was first coming out of high school. Okay. Um, my family, we've always been the family uh, where you work for what you get. We okay. never had an allowance, but we were paid an hourly wage. Okay. Yep. Yeah, even even when you were in high school? Even when I was uh, started out in middle school when I got my first job. <laughs> uh, I have to ask, <laughs> uh, are we following minimum wage here? Or how, uh, how, it, how is it, that calculated? It, or Were taxes being taken out? Probably not. Probably <laughs> not. It was from dad. But, okay. Um, I it, like it. It started off, I think I was... I was at $5 an hour when okay. I started. So it wasn't too low, but it was enough that I felt uh, accomplished when I worked. Gotcha. And it rewarded me for what I did. So what type of work were you doing back then? Was it really uh, in, in, in the farm? Um, not too much. Okay. I had really bad ADD growing up. Uh-huh. So my sitting in a tractor all day, just nothing but a field, uh-huh. I couldn't do it. I was bouncing off the walls. Yeah. Look around, my rows wouldn't be straight. It just, it didn't work. Okay. So (laughs) they pulled me out of the tractor and uh, I realized I was good at mechanics. Okay. And so my my working and entrepreneurial started with mechanics. Okay. What type of mechanics were you working on? uh, Diesel mechanics. So uh, tractor trailers, tractors, uh, things of that nature. Uh Um, And then later on, as I got older and could drive, I was working on my truck and yeah. Learning new things that I could. Gotcha. But uh, it wasn't until later I got into farming. Uh-huh. Um, I had just came into high or into college for uh, business management. Okay. Um, Where at? Over here at Georgia Southern. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Very nice. And um, we have the opportunity to go to New York to farm hemp for CBD oil. Wow. And this was in college. This was in college. Okay. So this was my uh, sophomore year of college. Okay. And it was a great opportunity. And so I decided I would rather learn something new that way uh, in the real world application, so to say, and go there. And So you left school? So I left school. I dropped out that day. Wow. Yep. Was that something that was a hard decision for you or how did you? It was a very hard decision. Mm. So I am the first person in my family to go to college. Okay. So with that, uh, I don't want to say pressure because they never told me uh, to do anything I didn't want to do. Sure. But um, I've always held my family in high regards. Of course. So that pressure of saying, you know, I don't think I want to be in college right now mm-hmm. was a really hard discussion to talk to them wow. about. It was a really, you know, we got to sit down talk this one out. How, so how, like, how did that come? Do you remember? Were you um, like nervous for that? Oh, or? very nervous. Oh, really? Very nervous. I don't remember word for word, but. Basically, what it came down to is if I believe I could make a passion out of business and make a passion out of this business we were making, I could do it. Yeah. And uh, they supported me 100%. How how did that even – so was this a company that came to you and asked you to start farming hemp or – um, it was a professor and my cousin. Okay. So a professor at Cornell University. Wow. And uh, a cousin had a greenhouse that was uh, already starting to grow the uh, – Small plants Got for you. hemp um, because hemp is hydroplanted, so it's planted by hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had already started the uh, smaller plants, and they needed farmers to grow in the whole field. Okay. And so, uh, and then the professor had the land he wanted us to use. Okay. So he reached out to you, mm-hmm. and then you said, hey, I, yep. think, I think this is the move. I think this is the move. I yeah. think it's going to be great. And yeah. 
it turned out it, it wasn't quite what I was hoping for uh, business-wise. Sure. Um, what were the kind of like challenges there? Biggest challenge is um, manpower. Mm. Manpower was the largest challenge. Um, is it hard? Is it hard to farm? Yes, it's so especially if you don't have your greenhouses perfect. Mm -hmm. You have male plants that mix in with females. Okay, and with hemp, uh, your male plants will pollinate your females, mm -hmm. and instead of producing CBD oil, oil they produce their seeds for the new plants to come. Got you. And so you really don't want them to pollinate. Got you. So you have to keep them separate. Now, you yeah. you mentioned an outdoor grow. Mm -hmm. So how did you even separate them when they're outdoors? You walk every row. Really? Every row. And you have to identify it by yep. eye? Yep. Which, for the most part, you can see as they get a little older, you can see little thistles mm -hmm. growing on near the leaves and everything. Mm -hmm. And once you see those, you pull them out, and we just put them in trash bags. Got you. Gotcha. And uh, we had 183 acres, roughly, and every six feet you, was another row. You were managing that entire thing? Yep. Wow. Yep. We, and, and did you have, like, a team with you or? I had a team of five employees okay. at the time. Um, some of them, most of them all had other jobs also. Sure. Just part-time? Part-time. We used them when we needed them. Uh, planting was a big one because, like I said, they're all planted by hand. Mm-hmm. So you ride on the back of this big machine that has a big wheel that pokes a hole in the ground. Yeah. And you just stick the plant in and cover it up. Gotcha. And for hours yeah. and hours. So we used our team a lot for that. And then we ended up using them a lot to find the males and yeah. pull them. So this begs the question, were you utilizing uh, chicken fertilizer while you were growing up there? Um, For a bit. Okay. We actually had different test plots. Okay. So while I was up there... Um, there was no fertilizer that was FDA approved for hemp. Really? Why? Why is that? Um, it's an absorbing plant. Mm -hmm. So they actually use it on nuclear sites. They plant it in the ground and it pulls the radiation out of the ground. The hemp does? The hemp does. Wow. Is that is that a unique property of hemp specifically or? Um, how strong it is with hemp. Got a it. lot of plants pull the nutrients and things out of the ground. Mm -hmm. And so if you're planting on a un um, unclean ground, then it's not really good. Gotcha. But hemp is extremely absorbent. Mm -hmm. So um, they hadn't released anything that they felt safe enough to absorb through hemp because it's for human consumption. Understood. So they, they so what were you having to do? Because once you have like a crop, it pull, it takes everything out of the ground yep. and there's nothing left. Exactly. So what we did is uh, we partnered with Cornell University mm -hmm. and we got together a small team of um, a professor and um, myself and one other man. And we came together and started trying out different fertilizers. Gotcha. And um, chicken litter, of course, was one of them. We had a truckload uh -huh. up there that we used to mix in and uh -huh. um, use. And overall, uh, we used pulverized fish, okay. seaweed. Okay. Um, potash, which was um, straight, so it was straight ash from a plant, mm -hmm. and um, a few other things that we kind of just played around with uh, for both foliage spray and um, through the root system. Mm -hmm. What did you find? So I, I, I didn't even know that you could use pulverized fish to you yeah. know, put into as like nutrients for, I guess there's, yep. the, there's the nitrogen, right? Yep. Like there's that. Um, but what was the like? What was the result of that kind of like experiment? The result was uh, very well. We ended up having most of our plants average six foot tall. 
Okay. So they were very big, very good plants. Um, we had a great crop that year. Um, From which fertilizer? Was it a mixture of everything? A mixture. Okay. Um, so what we did, uh, we took a little bit of the chicken fertilizer, mixed it with the pulverized fish and uh, the seaweed and everything, got it all mixed together, and then we would just pump it to it. Yeah. We'd probably about once every two weeks, twice every two weeks, mm -hmm. right about there, we would put as much as we could to the plant for it to handle. Yeah. Um, and it loved it. It loved so you it. You said six foot tall. Six foot tall. That's crazy. That's taller than I am. We were averaging <laughs> uh, a pound to a qu uh, three quarters of a pound after drying. Wow. Per plant. And what is the typical average? Is it a lot less than um, that? Um, For the most part, uh, a lot of our other farmers we were talking to kind of just made a community because it was new to everybody. Sure. Um, their average was at about a half a pound. Got you. So it, it raised it a dramatic amount. So that, that I'm sure the question is, what are you feeding them over there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got that all the time. Um, and most of the time we... We're pretty open. Sure. You know, we're, everybody's working hard trying to get everything done. So we tell them, hey, you know. Yeah. Just try this. Yeah. Just try this. See if it works. Yeah. If you like it, we can make more and give you more. Okay. So even then it was not not for them to go and source it, but you would sell them the fertilizer yeah. that you were using. Yeah. Okay. Um, just because no one w was uh, mixing it the way we were. Okay. And so we never patented at the time that recipe. But it was a recipe all of its own, and it uh, sparked my interest in fertilizer and mm. actually learning how the plants absorb it and uh, what they do to take everything in. Okay. So here's a little bit of a technical question. All right. What's happening kind of like in that process? Like, you you mm -hmm. know, you have these three different uh, chemicals that are yep. that the fertilizer brings, mm -hmm. and then the plant utilizes them in different sort of ways or? Um for the most part, I'm not 100% sure with the potash and phosphate. Um, a lot of it is the structure of the plant. Okay. So what you have, uh, at least with the nitrogen and those two, two also, is uh, you have microorganisms okay. that live in the root system, and they break down the nitrogen and the potash and the phosphate, and these byproducts are what your plant actually absorbs. Okay. And then it makes it healthier, and it's the food for the plant. That's fascinating. So what what makes our product a little more unique on that end, because it's a carbon-based uh, manure, Okay. Um, it has a lot of the uh, microorganisms already in it. Got it. So it helps. It helps its of... own breakdown almost. Got you. Got you. Yeah. So that's, then you're talking about not the mixture that you were utilizing, but rather Rad Rooster. Rad Rooster and the mixture also because it was... Uh, essentially rad rooster in it. Got you. Before it's time. Got you. Got you. So let's kind of like move the story along. So you have this amazing crop, uh, mm -hmm. you know, everything's going well. How do we get to the point that we decide to start rad rooster? So take me through. That. All right. So I have this amazing crop, um, a lot of ups and downs with selling it, how we were going to sell it. Um, it was all dried and ready. But did we want to break it down to the oil, the next level, or mm -hmm. did we want to keep it? Mm -hmm. um, in turn, we decided to break it down to the next level of oil. Mm -hmm. And at that time, the oil prices actually dropped. Wow. And so we uh, barely made it out with our shirts. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was uh, a really hard time for that company in particular. Uh, and us as a family and myself with sure. learning. Yeah. Um, this was my first 
own business that I uh, headed up and yeah. led. And so with that being said, it was also my first loss. Yeah. Um, tough pill to swallow? It was. It was a very tough pill to swallow, but I wouldn't have changed it for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it is what taught me the basics. It also taught me to swallow my pride and be humble mm. for what I have and learn from every mistake I made. Man, that's huge. I, I think, yeah. you know, for those entrepreneurs out there that are listening, I think there's such value in that story. I think, you know, a lot of people think about entrepreneurship only for the the highlight reel, yeah. like, so the successes, but the reality is there's going to be wins and there's going to be losses, right? Oh, with everything. Yes. With everything. And you have to learn how to criticize your losses without criticizing yourself. Mm. So you can still move forward and hold your head high, but also criticize your loss enough to take those lessons with you. I love that. I love that. So, you know, you have kind of like this really tough year, uh, you know, does from there, do you kind of, what, what is your next move there? Do you reinvest that and continue growing or is it kind of like, Hey, let me, let me re- regroup and try to do something else. Uh, I definitely regrouped. Yeah. Um, I decided at that time, the market was starting to get flooded with more and more farmers coming into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a thousand miles from home. Yeah. And so I decided then that we would sell what we had that we could and uh, kind of tuck our tails and came back down to Georgia. Um, there, as soon as I got here, I just wanted to find a job at yeah. that point. Yeah. Uh, I had bills to pay, a house and everything else. So uh, I actually started car sales. Okay. Yeah. Where'd you, what, what'd you, where'd you sell at? Uh, over in Claxton, Georgia. Okay. Um, it was, at the time it was Durrance Lane Chevy, but now I believe it's Kyle Durrance Chevy. Okay. So I started, uh, applied for car sales, um, went into the service department also, worked there. How was that? Um, it was good. It was because good. Because you know diesel, right? Like, you yep. know, like the, the engine and that sort of thing. Exactly. Okay. So for me, it was a no brainer. Yeah. Just jump in, do what I know. Um, they're a great company to work for. They they were absolutely wonderful. What mm-hmm. I didn't know, they were willing to teach. Yeah. And so, kind of dived in with them. And one of those days, uh, I was coming home from work, and I was like, you know, I'm go visit my family and see what they're doing. And uh, me, my dad, and my brother mm-hmm. were all sitting in the shop, just kind of talking. You know, when we talk, most of the time it's about business. We're all entrepreneurs. Love that. So our bonding time is talking business. Love that. And we were just kind of throwing ideas around and and uh, dad goes, you know, we need to make some money for the farm. I said, okay. no, I said, it'd be, be a good idea if you could just sell the litter, you know? He goes, yeah, just sell, sh- sell the shit. Yeah. And I said, it might work uh-huh. because that would be rad. And I kind of stopped. I was like, wait a minute, rad rooster. I yeah. said, that would be the name. Yeah. And he goes, no way. I said, yeah, that would work. Uh-huh. I think we could, uh, we could bag it and sell it. And it started then. It, it was a little spark at the time. Uh-huh. And then we kind of just dove in head first. Yeah. Um, before we even had the bags designed, all the research done, we had the bag line built. Yeah. So we kind of jumped ahead of the curve with our side of things because we got excited. Yeah. We built the whole bag line, had it ready um, to bag the litter before we were even done designing uh-huh. anything. Yeah. So uh, then we kind of backtracked and started designing. Um, and about eight months went by and we started bagging our first bag. Yeah. 
So uh, before that happens, uh, before we start diving into that, mm-hmm. there was, I, I'm assuming that there's chicken farms already, right? Like there oh, was, yeah. there, there's chicken farms in the family, right? Yep. And uh, because of that, I think, you know, and you said that your family actually utilized the fertilizer for many, many years. Many years. Yep. Just for your own crops? Yep. Um, and it was, it's pretty well known, especially where, where uh, we're located, that you use chicken litter. Um, it's just the best. It's just the best, and it's very abundant. We have Claxton poultry over yeah. in Claxton, um, and that's who we grow for. Yeah. And uh, we have a lot of farms mm-hmm. uh, with Vidalia onions and, um, for us, hay. Sure. And so uh, they're just well-known. Everybody uses it, and um, they just use it in bulk. Uh-huh. And so with that and with what we were using— we decided to cut back a little bit on our farm uh-huh. and then tweak it so you don't burn your plants on the everyday house plant. Mm-hmm. Um, because Burning them? Yes. What does that mean? Burning them is when you uh, overproduce nitrogen to it. Oh, you can do that? Oh, yeah. Man, oh. I was about to take the fertilizer <laughs> and just put it into all my house. I can't do that. Not, I wouldn't just pour it over the top. Okay. Um, I would kind of measure it out a little bit um, for kind of like a plant like this. Sure. I would do about four tablespoons, mix uh-huh. it in with the soil and water it. Gotcha. And for the most part, that would be good for that plant. Got it. Got it. Um, but you can definitely over nitrate, uh, nitrogen it and kill it. it. What what happens to the plant? It just withers? It withers. It'll, it'll turn brown almost like you sprayed a chemical on it. Oh, really? Yep. Just because it's like too much food? Too much. Okay. Overeating. And, yep. That's what happens when yep. you overeat, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and... It's a very, especially with chicken fertilizer, Mm -hmm. because it is so strong, Mm -hmm. it's a worry. Yeah. Um, With us, with our two ton to the acre, um, every once in a while when we were still trying to figure out on that side how much we wanted to use, we would kill a few fields and try again. Painful? Yeah, it's... It's different depending on the plant. With us, with our hay, it grows back. Got it. And so we, we would burn it. Mow it down real quick and let just it just re, yeah, re, restart. Um, but I I know probably if you did it with corn or something like Hurts, that, huh? it would probably hurt a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, rad rooster, the, you, it's I'm assuming that it's then formulated, right? So there's other things yep. that are kind of like mixed in to kind of like prevent that burning process from happening. Exactly, and part of that is the composting of itself, mm-hmm. which brings it down a couple notches from right out of the chicken. Got it. Got it. So uh, you kind of like develop your formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you start packaging it. Yep. And then you have started sales. We started sales. We yeah. have. Um, we started first with going around our local stores. Okay. And offering them pallets. Yeah. I have a pallet. Uh, if you want to try to resell it, you know, come give us a try. Mm-hmm. And it worked out pretty well. We we got in a few aces, uh, a few local just home and garden uh, stores, a few flower shops and, and they love it. Yes. Um, better we, than uh, other products on the market. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I have to ask why, um, with some of it, uh, we had a lady, she actually sent pictures, um, and she started with baby tomato plants mm-hmm. and within two days, she noticed that it was twice the size of her other plant. She actually wow. did a section to try it out uh-huh. and it grew two times. No way. Yep. No way. So it's, uh, that's the first reason it has amazing results. Uh, I had another lady sent me a, um, a picture 
and it was a flower that only blooms in the fall time. Sure. And it was in the middle of summer, had flowers all over it. Oh my goodness. She, it, it made her flowers force bloom and she loved it. She was so excited. She said, I never get to see these this time of year. Yeah. I said, well, keep using us, you know, <laughs> you get to see them all the time. <laughs> and so uh, she was happy with it. And so that's the customer satisfaction. Sure. They're always happy with the end result. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is that it's organically produced. It breaks down. You're not having any kind of harmful chemicals in your soil. You don't have to worry about anybody tracking through it or your pets or animals mm -hmm. getting into it and it hurting them. Yeah. It's all organic. It's all uh, natural. And so, so great for food. So great for food. So anything that you're growing, like you don't have to worry about, hey, is this going to hurt me? Yeah. Is this going to hurt me? Is this going to hurt my children? Never. Yeah. Because our number one priority was safety. Yeah. We wanted to make sure it was safe for people, safe for animals, and something we could be proud to put on people's shelves. Let's talk about market research. So before jumping into this, did you kind of like take a look at if there was anybody else that was selling uh, chicken? I, I took, uh, I, I did it for about a week, uh -huh. kind of dived into it, um, and I didn't find many people. Mm. There was a few companies out west, um, one up north, mm -hmm. but there was nothing in the southeast. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one company that's kind of our lead competitor. They did uh, cow. Okay. And uh, so we kind of focused in on them a little bit, mm -hmm. and we came to the conclusion that our bag was worth six, or yeah, one of ours was worth six of theirs. Wow. So for us to kind of come to that conclusion, and uh, it was no competition really. Yeah. Um, the only thing we're competing with now is name brand because yeah. our product was better. Got you. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So what's kind of like been the biggest challenge of starting Rad Rooster? Mm. One, working with family, learning everybody's dynamics. Yeah? Um, Has that been tough? It's been a learning curve. Yeah. Uh, Are you paying them hourly now? No. Uh, I'm no, just kidding. It's, they, a joke. Uh, it's a joke. No, we, we decided that uh, I wasn't going to be the one handing the paycheck right okay. now. Okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> they had to find their own. Yeah. But- um, it's just finding each other's gifts yeah. um, and utilizing it. So I have always been more drawn to the office side, the yeah. marketing, um, setting up in the office and talking to people, outreach and sure. things like that. Um, my older brother, he's not much of a person to be in big crowds, mm. but he can lead people. Yeah. He's really efficient when he does. Gotcha. So he is in charge of the whole assembly line for bagging. Uh, shipping, getting everything taken care of. Mm -hmm. um, and then our dad, he's in charge of finding the best deals. He mm. goes out and looks for chicken fertilizer, bags, boxes, everything we use for our day-to-day -day basis. He finds the best deal, gets it, brings it back, makes sure we, uh, we're we staying rolling. And I love that. You know, I think a lot of times uh, in, you know, startups, it's like, you know, everybody does everything, right? Yep. Um, but what you've done uniquely here is you've kind of like set up positions where like people are playing their roles yep. and then coming together to meet that common goal. And I think exactly. that's a huge like lesson here, right? A lot of times don't get so ahead of yourself that, you know, people step on each other's toes. Oh yeah. And especially with family, because yes. you're not afraid to tell it how it is with your family. Yes. They're going to be the most honest. Yep. And sometimes the most hateful. That's right. So when you start stepping on each other's toes, then you're arguing and it, it doesn't make it enjoyable anymore. Yeah, yeah. And for us, business is enjoyable. Yeah. It's a passion. And so when you don't have a defined role mm -hmm. 
and everybody's in a lead role, mm -hmm. that's when you have way too many chiefs and not enough Indians. That's right. We call it, uh, in the restaurant industry, we say too many cooks in the kitchen. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, that's what we started off with. Yeah. And it took us uh, maybe a month. About a month in, we decided, you know, we need to figure out what our passion is inside this company. Got you. And what our gift is. Yeah. Because uh, everybody has a unique gift. That's right. So um, that's when we kind of split up the roles. So that was the first hurdle we jumped over. Yeah. Our second hurdle has been branding, name brand. Mm. Um, everybody knows the big fertilizer name brands, yep. uh, Scott's. Yeah. Um, and so we're entering in a very old uh, industry. Established. E established. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody has had their name in for 40, 20, 15 mm -hmm. There's years. There's no new players? Not a, not very many that are mm -hmm. well known. Got you. Um, kind of just like anything, you have the smaller ones. If you really dig into it, you'll find them. Yeah. But if you're just a person, hey, I need fertilizer tomorrow. I just have to get this done before the birthday party you and just, the kids come. You just Google search it you're not gonna see a lot of the smaller ones pop up. Yeah, And so that has been very big on our side, uh, getting our advertising right, finding the uh, right target market. Sure. Um, and and who is the target market? Our target market right now would be your average garden vegetables, mm -hmm. uh, or vegetable garden, sorry. Yeah. Um, the the suburb vegetable garden, Yeah. not too big. Um, our 25 pound bags, you wouldn't, fertilize a whole lawn with. It, mm -hmm. it makes it a little bit too expensive, not as cost effective. But if you have uh, a one acre garden, a two acre garden, something like that, and you, you really want to make sure your plants are getting fed well and um, nothing harmful is going on it, that's our direct target right now. Got you. As we've done our research, we're uh, bringing in the new phase of bags, um, which will set up new target markets. Yeah. So we're bringing in a one size bigger bag. That'll be a 50 pound bag. And that will be for your lawns. You can gotcha. fertilize the whole lawn. It's just less trips, less bags. Mm -hmm. Then we're dropping down to one pound bags. Got you. And that will be for your uh, in-house plants and things like that. Got it. Got yep. it. So how do people order right now? Do they just go online or? Right now we have a, a website, radrooster.com. Mm -hmm. um, but we're most active on Facebook. All your social media is Facebook, Instagram. Um, and you can click right there, message us, order it, and we ship it to you. We ship nationwide, um, already set up through UPS. So That's awesome. Yeah. What's uh, the future for Rad Rooster? What is the dream? The dream for Rad Rooster right now is making it a name brand, mm -hmm. a family name brand, something that, you know, you mention it, and in the conversation, people vaguely know what it is. They know we're fertilizer. But we're, uh, we're reaching out to make new spreaders for our fertilizer. We're looking at uh, shirt merchandise, hats, um, things of that nature, giveaways, um, hopefully going to scale into landscaping and things like that. Love that. Um, so that's how the future is kind of scoping out right now. Um, like anything, you make a plan, something changes. You make <laughs> another plan, something changes. And so it's for now the goal yeah but we are uh we're always reaching to number one better our product and mm -hmm. better ourselves in it mm -hmm. and so as we learn and grow so will our dreams and our goals love that love yeah. that that's very inspirational what what what's the website drop it for the the audience right um, 
The website is radrooster.com, R-A-D-D, Rooster. Love that. Love that. Well, I have to thank you so much for coming on to the show. It was fascinating learning about this industry because like this is something that's really outside of the realm of the normal things that I think about. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, what is inspirational about the story is that it's a family business Mm -hmm. uh, and you have been able to navigate the oftentimes like problems that a lot of families kind of like face when they're going into business together. And then also more importantly, just your tenacity, right? Like, you know, it hasn't always been just smooth sailing. It's it's definitely been challenges along the way. But like you said, every moment that, you know, presents a challenge is a way for you to overcome that. Exactly. And you can always learn from it. You learn from your success, but you learn more from your uh, challenges. Awesome. Well, if there's one word of wisdom that you'd like to give entrepreneurs out there, what would it be? Never give up. Mm. Never give up, no matter how hard it may seem impossible. Um, A lot of, especially in my earlier years of being an entrepreneur, was transforming that idea into something I could sell. Mm. Because I had it always pictured in my head, but I didn't know how to get somebody else to picture it. Mm -hmm. But if you don't give up and you keep fighting that same problem from all the angles, you'll figure it out and it's, it normally works out for the best. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. Awesome.